It's gone! It's a grand slam! And that's the ball game. This is the Prospects Baseball Show, your inside look at the boys and girls of summer. Here's your hosts, Dean Millard and Jordan Blundell. Hello there and welcome to episode 33 of the Prospects Baseball Show. My name is Dean Millard, Jordan Blundell, the head coach and the assistant GM of the Edmonton Prospects is here as well with a brand new haircut. How are you? I'm feeling tight. It's cold out there with this hair, with the no hair. But uh, mornings are much faster. I can definitely tell you <laughs> that uh, the preparation time uh, goes down uh, quite a bit. Uh, on the show today, we're going to get to uh, the the hair discussion in a second, but uh, Eric Sabrowski is going to join us, a member of the Padres organization from Edmonton, well, from the St. Albert Minor Baseball Association, a former prospect. So yeah, uh, looking forward to, talk to uh, chatting about uh, his baseball journey, especially he's coming back from Tommy John uh, surgery. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about what's going on uh, with spring training. We'll get into some fantasy baseball news. We will discuss the uh, Children's Wish Hair Massacre. And if you want to discuss anything with us, you can do so. Uh, the website for the team is prospectsbaseballclub.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at EDM Prospects. You can get us at Prospects Pod on Twitter. And you can uh, always get us uh, and find past episodes at prospectsbaseballshow.ca. Hey, bada, 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 so bada. Got him looking at the curveball. Let's go around the horn and get the big news in baseball. All right, so we mentioned that you have a uh, nice shaved head now because before you were uh, donning some pink locks. There's a, a cool video at uh, the team website, which is at EDM Prospects, of uh, the dye job, the shave job, and uh, the, yeah. the smiling faces on a lot of people because you guys raised a lot of money to make some children's wishes come true. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a really cool Friday. It was last Friday at West Ed Mall. We were in uh, the the Ice Palace. Um, you know, I ended up meeting uh, a little guy, uh, you know, 10, 11 years old, uh, who's got leukemia. He was getting his head shaved too, and um, kind of met his mom and and him and, him and his, his little brother and. Um, you know, we ended up sitting beside each other to get the head shaved and, and, mm. you know, just kind of hung out, you know, we're, we're strangers. So, um, you know, just try to tell some jokes and laugh and Homer was there and, uh, we ended up giving him a, a WCBL baseball and, nice. um, hopefully that's a good memory for him. Um, it was, it was, it is for me, it was fun for me to, to meet him and, you know, spend 20, 30 minutes just kind of hanging out and being one of the fellas and joking around. So that was cool. Um, so I went with the pink hair. We, we did, uh, it was about three weeks, uh, and it was all, all to raise money for the children's wish, mm -hmm. uh, children's wish provides families that are going through some tough times an opportunity to create some memories, um, with a wish. So like a, like a Disneyland or, Hey, I want to go to a prospect game and get the suite, like mm -hmm. something, a big wish and, and glad to help. Um, there was a few other people that, uh, I know that we're kind of doing this that you'd see on the social media streams and um, uh, like Lowe's was involved and they raised a ton of money, you mm -hmm. know, like that was six figures. Wow. Um, so 
successful. Uh, the lady that I dealt with, April Stallings, a great job. I appreciate that young friendship that we have. Uh, I was happy to be involved, so it's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad we were. All right. Uh, bravo to you and everybody involved uh, for making a lot of wishes come true. Um, on the opposite side of the thing, uh, when you talk about wishes, uh, well, maybe every other franchise is uh, happy today to hear this news because everybody seems to hate the Yankees and want bad things to happen to them. Uh, so maybe that's the case uh, with every major. Although, man, the Houston Astros have uh, managed to make the Yankees uh, a sympathetic figure uh, this offseason. But uh, where I'm going with is uh, Louis Severino. Tommy John surgery out for the year. I mentioned this to you a little while ago that the Yankees had some questions and you totally down. And you were like, (laughs) get out of here. What yada, yada, yada. You know, you gave me the Elaine yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And now this is coming back to haunt them. James Paxton is hurt. Severino, no, Paxton's not out for the year, but he's... Uh, Significant he's, he's, time, yeah. it's like midsummer. That's right, Severino is hurt. Um, Giancarlo Stanton might not be ready for opening day. That's not as a biggest concern, uh, but their rotation now has some some severe question marks. Yeah, you'd love it if Tanaka was for sure a 3-4. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he can handle a 2 for sure, great. Um, but you're really good if he's deeper in your rotation, right. so he'll have to step back up, and that's not an issue for him. You know, where you'll see that depth get tested is in the four or five slot but it could be an issue for him like later in the season for sure he's taxed a little bit more than maybe he should be and and you know what the the yankees have have done to prevent that taxing is the taxation of the arm is that dominant bullpen right and and that's the reason why they've done it there's some other teams that have also compiled bullpens like that i like what the padres have done they picked up pagan out, out of tampa bay and they've got yates um that's the key, man. And, and um, if you have a bunch of arms in the bullpen, you can really shut, close that game down early, right. shut down the starter early, um, and, and turn it over to the to bullpen. The committee. And it is, you know, you got the stopper at the back end, you got five or six different options depending on the day and, and what their usage has been up to that day. Right. Um, you know, the Yankees will end up making a move, they'll get somebody, uh, and maybe early. They might go get somebody early, um, but the, you know what? They they've got some guys that that you know would be starting on other teams like Luis Sessa and, and Jordan Montgomery. They would have opportunities a little sooner in some other organizations, so they'll get opportunities and the, the, their quality. So you know they might not even miss a well. Beat. They, they, well, I think they're going to miss a few beats, but they might say. Let's see what the fill-in guys do yeah. before we go out and get somebody. Yeah. Let's and see what our own guys can do first, and maybe we can get in a bottle with somebody. They will, and they'll end up with one of them ending up being like Miguel Andujar, who was a rookie, hit 30 bombs two years ago, got hurt, and they didn't miss a beat, and now he's back, and it's like, <laughs> stands out, but that's okay. We got this other guy. He, that's right. He hits 30 home runs. They have the most right-handed power in the history of baseball, I guess, and it's crazy that the Twins hit more home runs yeah. than they did last year, and the Twins got JD, and the Twins have a nice bullpen too. So, um, and they don't just, play in that dump of a Metrodome anymore. No. <laughs> so a lot of things are looking up for the Twins. I'll tell you what, man. I'm looking forward to what is it? March 28th is that opening day? I or, think uh, I 20 the Sunday. Is it? Because we're the, we're talking the 22nd for our draft, right? No. Uh, yeah, the 22nd for the draft. Uh, the March the, 29th is the Sunday. 
And is that opening day? I don't even know. I know it's right around there. I always thought opening day was Sunday night. I always thought they opened with a Sunday night game. But but maybe they open earlier if they're overseas. I'm not really sure. I'm, yeah. It's not, it's not a weekend. Yeah. It's right at, the, right at the end of March. I'm, so. I'm loving it right now. You know, I throw on the Major League Baseball package during the day and just whatever, you know, I've watched a couple of Dodger games the last yep. uh, couple of days or whatever game is on, just flip through it. It's just nice to see baseball back again. It I totally just get, is. I just get really excited about it. So the first first two weeks, I, I can't even get anything done, man. Like there's day games, there's yeah, night and games I'm like that in the NFL too. Like the first three weeks of the NFL, like don't even come near me on those first three Sundays because that's <laughs> all I'm doing for like ten hours. Yeah, so I get really into it, and then you kind of settle into uh, a groove. So tough news for the Yankees, and uh, great news for everybody else. The Astros are getting torched. Every time, everywhere they play, spring training fans are savages. Did you see the spring training fan that got, there was, they had their signs yeah, stolen? They, they kicked, they, they, that's what I tweeted out. The Astros are stealing signs the conventional way now. <laughs> they literally stole a sign away from a fan. Yeah. Like how, like what? <laughs> the, the Houston Astros, you know what they need to do to to recoup some of the money that they've lost, that $5 million fine? Write a book on how to be the worst PR nightmare of all time. I mean, Number one it starts seller. with Osuna. <laughs> Right. And then it goes to the the assistant GM in the playoffs, yep. and now cheating, and then then they're stealing signs and their apologies. I mean, everything they've done is from George Costanza's handbook of how to handle bad situations. The 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 bad tattoo, and then on Instagram the day before, no he's, regrets. He's, he's, <laughs> on Instagram, Altuve the day before has a picture of his, you know, just yeah, shirtless. You know, well, like, the the the, the reporter, ludicrous. the one reporter said. Altuve just walked in front of all the media, took one shirt off, put another shirt off, all in front of us, and didn't seem concerned about a tattoo. And then somebody else put a picture of Altuve with the no regrets. Wow, that was hilarious. That was so good. The, so the, the Astros, rightfully so, are getting torched. And I mean, I meant it what I said. I, I think it was uh, Jack Cookson that sent it to me that said, the Astros have made the Dodgers and the Yankees sympathetic figures. And... They're the two biggest spending markets, uh, you know, the reason small market hates these guys. Yeah. Now they're sympathetic. Like that's an impressive off season for the Astros to turn those two franchises into, into sympathetic, uh, I, I recipients. It's yeah. weird. They're getting booed. You and see, rightfully so. You see the dude, uh, day one, when they're going up to take some BP, he was banging on the trash can mm -hmm. behind the, yeah. the backstop. It's going to happen all year. Like I, 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 uh, I do not like the Yankees, but man, I would love to be in Yankee stadium. The first time the Astros come in. I mean, Matt stairs told his fans through urine at him and that's Matt stairs. A lovable guy. Yeah. Yeah, a likable guy. What are they going to do with the guys they don't like? They're oh. going to be throwing batteries at them. It's just, it's going to be a gong show. Like, I was, I was in right field corner a couple years ago. <clears throat> Baltimore was in New York. Mark Trumbo was in right field, and the fans were on him the whole game in a cool way. They're just yeah. Trumbo. Yeah, yeah. This is not going to be cool. No, it's going to be that times ten with the evil empire right. behind it. Uh, and, and, you know, this, these investigations are not done. The Red Sox are still being investigated, uh, for 2018. Now here's the, here's the interesting thing, um, with these investigations and this whole situation. Um, I saw a tweet earlier today, uh, that, that basically said, um, 
the Yankees, the, you know, some of the Stanton and I uh, can't remember who else it was saying they think the Astros cheated uh, in 2019. And then you have Garrett Cole saying, no, we didn't. So is that a, is that a, a like a divide in the locker room with these guys that you, you, you might've cheated me out of a world series ring or your guy cheated me out of an MVP. I mean, what do you think that is like right now? I think position players and pitchers don't necessarily need to be around each other that much. But they are, man. And they're part of the team. Yeah. You know, it's a business. You're getting Yankee on the same plane. Yeah. Remember Dennis Eckersley getting kicked off the Red Sox plane because David Price didn't like him? I mean, I'm not saying guys are going to, but you're, you yeah. do come in contact oh, yeah. with each other. Yeah. I mean, the, still the, teammates. the reverberations of this whole scandal have gone into every locker room. All the former Astro Good players point. that are in some other places and. <laughs> I mean, how can you take that? How can you believe Garrett Cole necessarily, right? You like, can't. I, Would you? No. I mean, no. Do you believe any of the Astros? And, and do you believe any, like some of them I have believe been, that they became more sophisticated since 2017 when they were literally like walking into a bank with a loaded gun right. and nobody caught them. And they probably got smarter and found a way to not have as many outsiders kind of know what was going on. And, well, and, certainly they sense, became more sophisticated. And in that sense, you, you would, wouldn't need any of the guys in the pitching staff to know what was going on. And the hitters, you know what, we get the Come buzzer. On, man. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying you knew what was going they on. could have been become more sophisticated sure. so that less people would have been in the know of what was going on. They're not, this isn't like a 12 year old baseball team where everybody's best friend. It like, doesn't matter. You still know what's going paths. on. With, you still know what's going on with your teammates. And, and I have a hard time believing Garrett Cole didn't know this was going on. Well, then you got to believe him. No, well, I don't believe him. Well, okay. I have a hard time believing he thought like, I don't believe any of them. Well, how about this? Do you I think don't believe any of them when, and I don't believe any of their bull crap apologies. Either. There's been a few guys that have been sincere. 90% of them, including their owners, have made fools of themselves. <laughs> yeah, the owner said, uh, we don't think this affected the yeah. game. And then like one minute later, no, he said, it might it, have affected the game. It said it did impact the game. And then later said, well, it didn't impact the game. And they were like, you just said it did. I mean, it's just been a, a ridiculous gong show the whole time. That, so, this is where you set up an apology for your an apology. Yeah. You prepare the, an apology. If I'm a PR apology, firm in Houston, I'm did. licking my lips saying, like, I could turn you around. I don't know if anybody can yeah, turn Yeah, you're sending around. in bids and proposals. That's like, right, hey, yeah. we can we could patch up your image. They, they should be hiring, like, 10 PR firms uh, to work on all the They should the hire whoever A-Rod hired. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he's brought himself back does, from the has, depths yeah. of. Uh, yeah, Mike Tyson, uh, Michael Vick. Like, a lot of these guys have, you know, turned their lives around after terrible things. And, yeah. you know, in Tyson and Vick's case, lot more severe than what we're talking about sign stealing like you know yeah. you know uh so anyway um it's it's i think there's going to be a you know i'm not saying saying the yankee locker room is going to be fractured but i think there's going to be some at least in the beginning yeah. there's going to be some well, right maybe now, frosty moments yeah, right like, now this is what you get it out of the way right you don't go think, to new york with it no i would think if we got to have a chat and yeah, settle this is, yeah. let's get this it's done like before in, we go in, in 42 where they have the the chat about hey this is happening right with yeah. uh, uh, the with the the Jackie Robinson coming onto our team like yeah, get on board get on board or get out right yeah. so um, you know what I'm on board with 
fake names for rodeo contestants. I've, One of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time uses a fake name when he goes on the rodeo circuit, and we're talking about Madison Bumgarner. Mason Saunders. Mason Saunders. You know how many Mason Saunders fantasy baseball team names there might be now oh, because sure of that? A ton. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- there's got to be some sort of, like, uh, rodeo theme song when he takes to the mound <laughs> yeah. each time, right? Yeah. 100%. You know, the... He signed a five-year, $85 million deal. And I'm sure what he's doing, he said he was just roping. Yeah, he's you know. been roping since he's a kid. So it's a little less taxing. You know, there's you can fall off a horse, whatever, and break your shoulder. But yep. he's not riding bulls. He's not steer wrestling. So it's one of those things that, yeah, you probably can get away with. And, and he's really not, there's fairly low risk. Yeah. You know, it'd be like you going for a, a men's league hockey skate in the off season. If you're a baseball player, like right. you could get hurt, but, or play or skiing, pick up basketball or skiing. Yeah. You know what? How many <clears throat> times has Madison Bumgarner been hurt in the rodeo circuit that we know of zero? How many times has Trevor Bauer been hurt fixing a drone? Once, at least once at least that once. we know, yeah. right? <laughs> so I got to side with the uh, mad bum on this, that it's not that dangerous. You can, you, you will miss. It's more dangerous to play with drones than it is with cattle. So far, yeah. so, so far, far that yep. we've proven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got our fantasy baseball league uh, going. We have three spots left uh, in this league. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're drafting March twenty second. We were going to do it at the ballpark, but uh, we, we can't get in there yet. And the the, the Wi Fi, there's some uh, things that aren't set up yet. So we're going to do it. At, we'll do it at an establishment somewhere. Yeah. Right? We, we know mm-hmm. a few people. We'll figure it out. But we have three spots left. So yeah, we want um, we get those filled. If you want to be in our fantasy league. Let us know. Drop us a line uh, at Prospects Pod or at EDM Prospects on Twitter. Uh, you can aim, email us Prospects Baseball Show at gmail.ca. Um, so it's March 22nd, uh, I think around six o'clock, we said, or something like that. Well, time is a little bit flexible. We'll figure out where. We'll have all those details. It'll be the 22nd, yeah. somewhere around dinner time. Have a bite, hang out. Draft up a team, get yeah. ready to go. Some trash talk, I'm sure. Oh, a little bit. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. some of that. Some sign stealing, pick stealing. Yeah, that'd be yeah. some oh, I'll be looking over I'm, your I'm shoulder. Gonna, I've got buzzers. I'm going to have garbage oh, bags. Oh. Can't, you know. Dean's about to take trout. <laughs> I'll take so, my trout. I have a question for you. In my other fantasy league, we have included holds. Yeah. Saves plus holds is a category now. So <laughs> currently, if, uh, you know, so because I have Will Smith. Uh, who's now in a very crowded uh, Atlanta Braves back end the, of the bullpen. The fresh, fresh Prince of Atlanta. Fresh Prince of Atlanta, yeah. Well, not that Will Smith. A different one. Yeah, I got the, uh, not yeah, the Dodger. Not the catcher. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he is in a crowded situation yeah. now where he might not get as many saves, but he could get holds. First of all, you can probably eloquently explain a hold more than I can. Yeah, it's successfully uh, keeping the team at bay in the middle late innings uh, of a ball game. So it, it effectively is just a different word for save. Save okay. is at the end of the game and hold is before the ninth inning, before the last out to get a save. You, you can only, you only have to throw one pitch. That's right. You could. Yeah. So, uh, the but hold, I think there's actually a little different criteria. You have to, uh, I think it has to be a certain amount of lead, right? Yeah. There, I'd have to double check on that again because it, it hasn't been a stat traditionally used at the college level. Um, and mo- probably because you have a lot of interchangeable parts. You do. You don't and have so the specific. Yeah, I don't have an eighth inning yeah, guy yeah, that yeah. you're just my guy the there. setup guy. I mean, we, we do, in, in a sense, have that. 
but because we're taking care of arms a little bit more than maybe they do at at the the big league level, they're grown men. They're right. This is what they've trained to do, and this is your role here. Go do your job. Um, at, at our level, yeah, even the closer. I mean, I don't think I've ever gone a season having just one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I've had guys do it and then flip them out at the end sure, of the yeah, year yeah. and make some adjustments. And and last year we had the same thing. We went with a couple different guys and and kind of settled on one and and. You know, even that changed as we well, went through it. And so. that's happening in, at the Major League Baseball level. It, like it really there, is. there are still like uh, specific closers for yeah. a lot of teams, but now these guys that uh, you know can can be valuable in fantasy in a in a setup role, in a eighth inning role, in a seventh inning role. Well, you're so, looking at the the new reliever rules. You know, minimum three batters right. and, yeah. and and things of that nature are really going to change the game. So it's do you really think we should add holds? Uh, we can. Let's look at it. Like, um, I, that's when I, I. The reason I say that is it brings more players in, in involved. And a guy like like the Will Smith in my other league, you know, I, he's going to get saves, yep. but maybe not as many. So if you in our league, if if say I have Will Smith and uh, say I had Matts uh, from from the Mets, who I almost just uh, traded for, uh, and Smith gets a save and and Matts gets a hold, well then I get two. Yeah, for that, like I just, I, I, it's not I, a bad idea. I, we can look yeah, at where I, where you get value. You can still draft those guys without holds because you're getting um, those guys have plus stuff, so they end up having low whip and high K walk. Sure, and yeah. that's where you'll see if you don't have a hold, you'll see those numbers reflected. But so, if you're not getting a chance at a save in in those leagues, it, I wouldn't draft a guy that's uh, not going to get uh, good. Good to know. Well, no, if you Good don't have know. if you don't have hold if you don't have holds and you don't have saves, then you're you're missing out on a category every time that guy you, takes the. the you're field. right. You're right. You're missing out on the save category. So um, I understand the other ones. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny that we're talking about this because my uh, my my friend's keeper league that we've been in for for a while. Uh, I guess it's our keeper league. Uh, my buddy's a commissioner. I guess that's why I call it his league, but it's sure. our league. Um, Last year I had a really good year and it took a long time to get to that point. And, and I was just looking over my roster and it was my middle, like my holds guys, we don't do holds for a mm-hmm. save for a, a, a category. scoring category. Yeah. Um, but my K walk and my whip, those guys were just super dominant. So I was living life in those two categories, but you're right. You could add a third category. Yeah, we'll, we'll I don't know. It's, I think it. it's something we should discuss. Yeah. Whether you add uh, an, a holds category or you combine it with saves, like we're doing in ours, or it's just one oh, category. It, it's it, holds. Oh yeah, it's holds and saves. So, so it, does that devalue the closer when you if you don't have two separate? No. Uh, yeah, I I would separate them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would be making them their own category. Yeah, because I like the idea of yeah. separate categories. Yeah, there. and you you can add another hidden category and. Be, at the end of the day, a hold's not as not as valuable as a save. Yeah, no matter how you cut it, it's like that last. Well, out, but is a hit is is a hit as valuable as a goal in hockey? But they're worth the same thing in something in a lot of leagues, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, like a lot of head to head leagues, you just get a point for if if Mitch you get Mar- like point three for a hit or something. Can you do that? In, well, you can, but that's weird. In in oh, head to head, a hit's not as important. But it is. It's the same. Uh, it's like it's its own category. Yeah, just or a block want, shot. If you it's want to have a, tr- a truculent fantasy hockey league. Well, yeah, yeah there's a, there's a lot penalty minutes. A lot of them have like uh, so it's head to head. So me and you are head to head, and I got to win the block shots category. It's only worth one right. one category. 
but that could be the difference. It in could the week. be, yeah. If you win block shots, or if you know, you thank God Cassian took the extra ten minute. Well, yeah, you, you don't know. have to worry. Yeah, you, you'll get a lot of points with that guy if you're doing fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I recently made a trade as well that I was uh, to chatting with you about. Yep. I traded my second round rookie pick, which was 17th overall. We do two rounds of rookies, top under major league prospects. So, so it's like the what? That's like the 28th. It was player? 17th. Second round though. Se- yeah. Oh, so 17th so overall. Yeah. Oh, okay. 17th overall. Yeah. Yep. Fifth pick in the uh, second round. Yep. Uh, and a fourth round pick next year for Fulton Avich. Uh, who is signed to a three-year deal. So I have him, and he's still young. I, I was really happy with that trade to add to, because uh, uh, I- I've, He's got really good stuff, man. He's got lots yeah. of upside. I went through my entire league and decided whether I was going to fold the chips now and rebold and, and you know, go all in on this draft like I did in hockey. Yep. And I decided I'm waiting one more year. This is it. If I don't win this year, I'm dismantling. Oh yeah, because this is my and last you, year with Verlander. You've been middle of the pack, and well, I've been yeah, I've been I've have I've, I've been like second or third. So I, then I loaded up with Kershaw and Verlander. So now I have a pretty good staff. So this is it, and I've I'm I'm if I blow out and I don't do it, then I'm just gonna sell at the deadline and and load up for the next year. Can you can you do like the Oakland A's Tampa nope. Rays and and do it at the same time? No. And- you know, trade Verlander and fleece someone for a couple of studs coming up. No, you can't. You can't. I, there's, there's not enough, uh, um, of a minor league system that you're always getting guys like my, Urias is the only guy that'll probably make my team this year out of my minor leagues. Oh yeah. So, I wouldn't be able to do that. Billy Bean, maybe, but not me. <laughs> Um, okay, what do you got for uh, some player signings? Because, uh, you know, you guys are less, what, three months from opening day almost? Three months to the, last year it was May 25th uh, was opening day. Yeah, we're the 23rd this year. So you're basically three months out. I guess so, yeah, hey. What's it, is we're like 90 days? It's February 26th. I got to do the countdown. Sneaking up, I, I, yeah. I try not you're to You're less get, than 90 days. I try not to think too much in the future because okay. i get a little bit too excited with like oh yeah we're getting going here about three months is i awesome. can't wait to get the fellas in here and, and you know go over our cuts and relays and talk about what we're going to do offensively and you know see see the arms throw their 25 pitch pen to show coach what you've got who you got i mean i love that stuff that's why i love this game so who you got coming in I who think- are some of the players uh, that we will be seeing arriving in uh, Edmonton within three months. Okay. Um, Morris Austin. I hope we didn't. I mean, I, I don't hope we didn't talk about him again. I, I can't remember if we've mentioned him. Morris Austin is uh, is a big boy, Texas. Okay. Uh, kind of a back-end guy. Um, not that he can't start, but I think he's kind of settled into the idea of, of coming in late in games and, Pumping Chad, that means big pass balls. Uh, he throws pretty hard. Uh, he's from the North Central Texas College, junior college. Um, he's a Texas, you know, big Texas, right arm, power, yeah. power arm. Uh, he'd come at you. Um, really nice person and very competitive. So he has the mixture of somebody you want to be around every day, and then you probably don't want to see him in the ninth inning. There you go. And I love that about him. Uh, so Morris Austin uh, be coming up, but we're really excited. I'm really excited to get him there. There's, um, another player that we're looking at. Um, it's a catcher. I, I just, we haven't signed him yet. All right. 
and I'm excited. We'll leave the names out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about the the potential here. Uh, we had a really really good one last year. Jake Gary, yeah. you know, uh, a big kid, you know, handled the bat in the middle of the lineup. Went deep at Safeco. Went deep at Safeco. Um, had some really nice memories for us. Had the big hit against Yorkton in the last. In, in the marathon, marathon, the marathon. Was that the days. middle game? The middle game on the that was, Saturday? That was the, the game one that we come were from down. Behind, right? yeah. 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 He split a gap yeah, on the first great. pitch yeah, and yeah. it was just like game's over. Yeah. Um, we're looking at, uh, so Jake's moving on. He's going to a, a different program, which, you know, we wish him the best. Sure. That's part of what this is. Um, but I think we've got a kid that, um, I'm not going to say fill Jake's shoes, but fill Jake's shoes in the sense that I think we've gotten a leader behind the plate. We're getting a middle of the order bat. Nice. Uh, a, a guy that's not going to be intimidated by anyone and, and one of those big dudes behind the plate that, you know, a big physical guy. <clears throat> so I'm hopeful we sign him. We, we're, we've gone down the whole path of the recruitment process and the, the discussions and uh, the contracts out. Uh, I'm hopeful that, that he accepts it. Um, I think we're on that line. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess maybe one more guy I can go to that we have actually signed is a, as a right-handed pitcher out of Utah, um, Utah state university, Eastern, it's a junior college, um, Parker buys, mm. uh, kind of a two way guy. He can play the infield and swing it a little bit. Um, but we like the potential on the mound there. Um, I think that he's a guy that, uh, I, I like guys that, that have hit recently and then go to the mound because they have uh, they have a, an a, an athleticism about them on the mound. Not that guys that have just been pitchers for their sure. high school career don't, but you know he plays second base. He turns double plays. He runs around, runs the bases, steal bags. Um, you, you get a little bit of hop in your step on the mound, um, and, and he's kind of pulling double duty with that program, uh, Utah State uh, Eastern. Um, I think he'll be a, a nice addition for us. He'll be a swing guy, maybe get some starts. We'll see him in relief. Um, lots of upside there as he's continuing to grow as a pitcher, as he's kind of transitioning into probably mm -hmm. that's where he's going to get the most looks uh, after his sophomore year here. So excited about getting him, and he's got a tie into our program. Uh, he knows one of our other players that we signed early on, and that's Trevor Berg. Mm, nice. Um, Berge is having a really good start to his season down at University of Texas Permian Basin. Um, he's had like really quality starts, man. And I, I really love Berge. He can, he, he's just a, it's almost like a chameleon. Like he'll come over top, he'll come down the side, it'll be 84, then it'll be 87, it'll run, he'll go straight. Mm -hmm. Oh, he'll flip a curveball in there he really has about 14 different pitches because all the arm angles he uses and, and the addition and subtraction on the velocity, a wily, wily guy. Um, so I'm hopeful that Trevor doesn't throw too much where he can't be part of our right. summer staff. That's always a possibility, but uh really good start for him. And Trevor kind of put us on to Parker. And so we, we went out and got him. Okay. What's going on with Homer, uh, who was with you for the hair mask here and the pyramids. What's going on here? Well, Dean, uh, Homer is about to unveil a really cool, um, I'm not sure what I know and I'm allowed to say. Uh, but Homer, I won't tell anybody. Homer's going to reveal something pretty cool here coming up. Might be this Friday. Um, it has to do with pyramids. It has to do with some prizing. And it has to do with the best fans in the WCBL. Those are the Edmontonians. Mm. So Homer's pyramid prizes all into one 
And this is going to be unveiled here shortly. On social media? Is that uh, yeah. what you guys are doing? Yeah, we're going to hit it up on uh, on all our platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think this is going to be something that's really cool. Um, it's an opportunity for us to give back to our fans. Uh, and as we were trying to, as we were building our plan here through the off season, mm-hmm. um, you know, this idea got thrown around and, and it had legs. And so we started building the idea and we got to the point where like, we, we want to pursue this. I, we, we think this is a good thing and we, we feel like it will spur conversation and spur people to get baseball fever like you and I have with spring training already here. We're, like you said, maybe not even 90 days away from the yeah. season. And it's like 12 weeks, actually, from Friday, March 6th is 12 weeks to the season. All so right. be about three months, but less less days than 90. I think 12 weeks. Math on months. the fly is not good. <laughs> no. We'll stop that right now. There we go. All right. Homer, pyramids, and prizes. Uh, yeah, so check it out. It, it, Friday. I, I'm thinking Friday, uh, the social media streams will be unveiling that. Um, awesome. All right, let's get to our guest of the show. Yeah. Let's get it going. Play ball! Great to welcome in former Edmonton prospect, St. Albert resident, and current uh, member of the Padres organization, Eric Zabrowski. Eric, thanks very much for joining us here on the Prospects Baseball Show. How are things? Uh, they're good, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Let's maybe just start uh, with uh, you know what's going on right now with you. Uh, we know spring training is underway. We're watching some games. What's going on with you right now as regards to uh, spring training and the Padres? Uh, well, I uh, I reported early. For spring training, we had a uh, the organization calls it a mini camp that started on Sunday. But I've been down here for about two and a half weeks. I had a little bit of uh, I guess some housekeeping to do with in terms of my rehab bullpen. I had to throw a couple more times in front of the trainers down here just to make sure they can you know finally take the training wheels off with me. And uh, and many since mini camp started, we've uh, we've been going hard at it and throwing a couple pens and um, just, you know, we're getting ready for the season right now. That's great news, man. Um, so for our listeners that maybe don't know what you've been through, Eric, uh, you uh, you mentioned that you got down there a little bit early so that uh, the guys could see you throw, and, and that's because of a surgery that you had. Uh, you mind telling us a little bit about what you've been doing over the last year and what that surgery entailed? Uh, well, Tom and John surgery and if you could give it one word, it's, it's a grind. Yeah. Um, the rehab, the rehab from that is uh, there's a lot of days where you are not throwing and not not really doing a whole a whole lot other than trying to make sure your elbow <clears throat> you have full range of motion in your elbow again, especially right at the start. Um, it's uh, it gave me a good chance though to really work on some deficiencies that I had in other places. I was able to get like. I know it's a cliche, but I'm in the best shape of my life right now. Um, I was able to work on my mental game and uh, clean up some mechanical issues that could or could not have led to my, you know, elbow exploding. But um, yeah, it, it really gave me a good chance to better myself as a baseball player and you know as a person. Well, you, you go back to that moment where you know the the injury occurred to now. I mean, when you, when in, in that moment, you're devastated. And for a long time, you're probably, you know, devastated that you have to have this surgery, but 
when you look back on it, having, you know, almost came out of it and, and ready to return to action, uh, I just wonder what that feeling of satisfaction is like. Is this kind of the third major injury that you've dealt with? Um, yeah, ma- major. Yeah, the, that's definitely the longest I've been away from whatever sport I was playing. I've, I've broken bones or had mm. brains before, but nothing like this. Um, there's a lot of, like you said, the, the feeling of satisfaction. It, it feels good when I, you know, I'm throwing a bullpen and I'm able to, I throw a fastball and end up right where I want it. Like you really think about how there's been the last 20 months of rehab and hard work, how it's kind of culminating into every pitch you throw or every time you even throw a baseball and how you're just, you know, you work so hard to get healthy again and now you're working really hard to improve yourself. It's really great to hear that you're back, Eric. Um, uh, really happy for you. Uh, and all this, the, the surgery and everything kind of came about right after, you know, what was probably one of, if not the happiest time of your life, getting drafted. What what was the timeline like from, from when you were drafted to when you uh, elected to or, or were told this is the best option for you to have surgery? Yeah, that was that was definitely a roller coaster. Not a fun one though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll back you up a little bit. I I actually blew out my elbow in college. Yeah. Um, and I uh, there's a lot of denial from then until draft day that there's actually something wrong with my elbow. Had an MRI. I don't know if it was misread or if it didn't show anything, but got a clean bill of health probably three four days before the draft from a doctor in Kansas. So that was you know, one of the highest highs I've had thinking I'm going to be broken going into the draft. Then I get drafted. Awesome. Uh, amazing day for me and my family and former coaches. And then, uh, then I go down to Arizona and they do MRIs there too. And I'm one of the only guys that doesn't get signed in the following days or hasn't actually signed a, signed a contract. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, you know, my I was I told him I was having some elbow issues. Maybe they're just waiting, waiting, and then um, finally, about a week after everyone else who had been down here signed, they bring me into room and I sign my contract. So I'm thinking, sweet, okay, my elbow's fine. They were not thinking they would sign a guy who's damaged goods. Um, then I had a meeting with the doctor about my elbow, and um, that's when I found out. You know, there's a, a strain of the or a, a strain, sorry, of the UCL, and that's something that could be rehabbed if it's small enough. So we decided to go that route what, right away. And um, about two weeks later, had another meeting with the doctors and kind of looked at that. Looked over, I guess they had looked over that MRI again, and they realized that that uh, elbow probably wasn't going to get any better. So uh, they gave me a couple days to think about it and decided to have surgery. Wow, man, that's uh, like you said, that is a uh, roller coaster ride, and um, you know the satisfaction of coming through it, and uh, you know being healthy. Let's uh, maybe look ahead to yeah. to this year and kind of what your your expectations are getting back in the game. Um. Well, first and foremost, just so, uh, being healthy throughout a full season. I guess I would. It's been three years now since I've had a a whole healthy season. Um, I'm ready to get out there and finally prove myself and 
I'm thankful that the Padres have given me this chance to wait on me while I get healthy to then uh, hopefully pay him back in return with some good performance on the field this year. Do you have an idea of um, if you're healthy, where uh, they kind of envision you starting this year? Um, no, not really. Uh, that that again, that's that's totally up to their <clears throat> to their decision. Uh, I haven't really um, had a lot of eyes on me yet from the whole organization, from the pitching coaches and stuff. So if they wanted to keep me around for extended spring training so they can just get a little more instruction, you know, learn a little more about me, I'd be okay with that. But if they wanted to, you know, send me out to low A or high A once spring training done, I'd, I'd welcome that challenge as well. So you're in uh, the the middle of the baseball world as far as being at uh, at at spring training. Um, the biggest story this off season was uh, the investigation into the Astros, and you know lots of guys have had an opinion on it. Um, what's the? Uh, I don't know, you can give us your opinion if you want to, but I just wonder what the talk is like. Uh, like, how much is this being d- discussed among baseball players? Um, I'd say as minor leaguers, we're a little more sheltered from, from it considering we don't have a ton of, ton of interaction with the big leaguers, but amongst kind of the group I've been, I've been with, we all, we've all come to a consensus that that was, was pretty shady, uh, to put it lightly. Um, you know, stealing signs because, you know, a catcher's leaving them out there for you or pitchers tipping pitches. That's one thing, but when you go out of your way to use technology to to use technology and not in the purpose it was meant for, I think that's that, that's not right. It has no place in the game. Well, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, um, like how, as a pitcher, I, I don't imagine how you would feel knowing the batter knows every pitch coming. I mean, when, when they can do that and turn Clayton Kershaw into ordinary because of that, they could do it to anybody. Yeah, I saw a video on Twitter this morning, actually. I think it was Kershaw's start in the 2017 World Series. Yeah. When uh, 51 off-speed pitches, yeah. Kershaw curveballs and sliders and not a single swing and miss. That's don't crazy. quote me on this, but I'm pretty, pretty sure 2017 was a pretty good year for Kershaw, recently speaking. Yeah, I don't think he's, there's been many off years for that guy. But yeah, like that's... Yeah, that, that's, yeah exactly. That's, that just uh, it's just ridiculous though. That that statistic puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, and that that really just it hurts the integrity of the game and it's um I think they kinda made it worse on themselves, half admitting the truth and half admitting the truth and when um when more factors come out, they say, okay, you got us with this, but we didn't do it here and then they find out that yeah. they did it in another place. I think that's you know, when they first said, yeah, we only did it during the regular season. And then, you know, they find out they're doing it in the World Series. Well, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I don't know how well you, you know Dean, but uh, he's a big Dodger fan. Um, that affected Dean. And you know what's oh, crazy? It's still affecting me. Yeah. I, I got angry just talking about it, <laughs> well, thinking about Kershaw getting shafted. I believe, I believe that. And so, like, my story of the 2017 World Series is I was at That's Game right. 7 yeah, in right. Chavez Ravine, and, and I don't know if they were stealing signs or not to, on the road. Who knows? I'm just going to say yes. 
maybe. Look, I, mean, I, I think we could we could say yes. They 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 spanked the ball early in that game, uh, but the Dodgers didn't play well enough to win sure, anyway. Right, so there yeah. would be no, there would be no, uh, nothing to say out of that game. But uh, no, crazy. I, I appreciate you sharing that, uh, Eric. It's good to get some insight on on kind of what's going on. It's it's a baseball story. It's 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 transcended into maybe a bit of a, a life story, and and it's crossed over into some platforms. You know, NBA guys, LeBron, everybody's kind of weighing in on this. So I appreciate you opening up with us and and telling us kind of kind of what's going down down in Padres camp. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit more of. The process for you uh, from from youth baseball, uh, Eric. Uh, I remember coaching in in Parkland, which was Spruce Grove back then, and and seeing you on the field as a bantam player. So as they call it now, a fifteen U player, and um, you know Saint Albert and Spruce Grove have always had a big rivalry, and I kind of just helicoptered in for one season as I was still out on the island, and you know honestly, Eric, like I've got great memories of that summer, and part of that those memories were playing against the Saint Albert team that you were on, and. Uh, I know I've told you this before, but but I was a big fan of you back then, and and you know thought like what 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 kind of potential does this kid have? Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up playing in the the St. Albert Minor Baseball Association, and and kind of how it's uh, helped propel you to where you're at today? Well, I'm I'm definitely a little biased, but I don't I don't think there's a better youth or minor organization for for any sport in that Minton area than. St. Albert Minor Baseball. Uh, the president, Curtis Miller, he's done a fantastic job with uh, not only bringing up the uh, the house league team to the best they can be, but then really uh, instilling a good rep program that is competitive across all levels. Um, those Bantam years definitely were fun. I know in St. Albert we had a good group of guys, and uh, I actually went to school with some of your Spruce Grove guys at uh, St. Yeah. Thomas More. So the, the rivalry was even intensified in, in that sense. I, you'd play you'd play on Tuesday night and see him on Wednesday morning at school. Yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. And so, some of my best baseball memories are from uh, my minor baseball days. So uh, growing up in this neck of the woods, we know it's, uh, you know, oiler mad, uh, you know, Eskimos to a degree, um, but hockey is the big thing. And, and we know from when we did uh, the playing pepper questions that'll come out later this week that um, you were a big hockey guy, but how did uh, baseball become your dream or your, uh, your life? Uh, you know, how did it become your main sport? Um, well, hockey, yeah, hockey was always big for me, but uh, I don't think I, I I wasn't as good at hockey as I was baseball. It was right uh, right around when I was fourteen. I uh, is when I stopped playing hockey, and just the uh, the six a.m. or ten p.m. practices for my <laughs> for my Bantam A team in St. Albert just just weren't worth um, <laughs> how good I was or the return I got from the game. Yeah. And that's when I uh, had enrolled in the baseball academy at St. Francis or St. Thomas More. So it was uh, it was right in front of me to kind of give baseball my all. That's uh, uh, that's cool. And uh, I know you're a big Oilers fan. What do you think about the deadline? How how are you doing down there? You know what's happened and and uh, what's your take? How are we going to look here going into the playoff stretch? Yeah, I, uh, I was refreshing my phone every five minutes and <laughs> did the obligatory turn on the tweet notifications for Bob McKenzie, among other guys. And uh, I'm I'm happy with with what they got. Uh, I think we're we were handcuffed with 
not only our current cap situation, but then uh, with all these players about to hit all these bonuses coming to next year. I know the bonuses can be deferred to next year, but you don't want to, you don't have $2 million less of your salary cap from what happened this year. Um, I like, uh, I'm not even going to try and say the one guy's name. Athanasiu. Yeah, Athanasiu. There we go. I got it. Uh, For him and Ennis to come in and each have a goal and assist right away. So beautiful. In a game where the rest of the team didn't look that great. Um, I'm I'm really happy for how that went. Disappointed that we ended up losing to the Ducks of all teams, but yeah. I'm happy with how that went. And you know, to salvage a point sometimes when you don't um, you don't have your A game, I guess I, I will definitely take it. Um, I think if you got to call that trip or slash on Connor in overtime, then we should add about six more power plays. <laughs> yeah. Or a dive. Game. Or a dive too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like call call them Yeah. Both. If, if you call it, and you know what, I'm okay with that being a trip or a slash, but just the consistency had it, hadn't been there throughout the game. So I think that's a pretty weak call for overtime. I ref hockey overtime. You tended to, your whistle tended to find its way into your pocket. Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, we, we got a point. And if you can get a point, that's, that's important, right? It, 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 it is indeed, uh, for sure. Especially, uh, you know, t- team tries to come together a little bit after a trade deadline. There's probably some a little bit uh, too keyed up. Um, I want to go back to your, uh, your, you know, your baseball youth or, you know, your, uh, little league career kind of thing. So you, you kind of made the choice at like 13, 14, the Bantam age to, to go with baseball. Who was, was there, was there one guy in your, your teen years that really, helped you um, with the game of baseball or maybe helped your development? Um, well, I had some really good coaches at, uh, through the FX Academy with, uh, you know, Mark Randall, Sheen Bromley, Mike Johnson, those guys. And then uh, Taylor Burns was one of the assistant coaches for me on that uh, Bantam, that Bantam team. He was uh, rehabbing a shoulder injury that he got at college. And so he came down to coach with, uh, Dave McGuire out in St. Albert and uh, he was big for me just kind of um, how he was I think he was 21 about 2021 and just there's a difference between being told something by you know your coach versus you know a guy who you can kind of identify with a little more because Taylor was younger than all the other coaches on our team I think he was big for me and um I think it's just the culmination of having a real good group of people on all sides that uh, I think baseball, you know, I kind of took off in baseball and, and I'll, and I'll be the first to admit, I wasn't, I wasn't the best player in that league. I wasn't the best player on my team for a long time, but I, you know, I was just, I was able to stick with it and get good enough at the little things where I was able to stick on teams. And then finally when my talent kind of, you know, push through to the front, I was, you know, in a good position. Uh, yeah, you know what? And and we saw that uh, as an organization, as the Edmonton Prospects uh, with you, Eric. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that sucks for me is that I wasn't able to be around uh, for your time with the, with the organization as we, we just missed each other. Uh, but being from right. Edmonton and, and, you know, b- kind of being a fan from afar, I knew what was going on and, I know the level of impact that you made uh, in the clubhouse, uh, but on the field and 
and frankly in the community and and um, on behalf of the organization I'm not sure if anybody's ever said that to you but but we appreciate uh, the fire and the energy and and the love and the passion that you brought to Remax Field and the Prospects organization Eric um, having said that I'd love to hear what what uh, what are a couple of your 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 favorite memories for from playing for the Edmonton Prospects and uh, playing at Remax Field as uh, you know, as a kid that grew up in the area and, and knew about the tradition at that ballpark, and and then getting a chance to play in it yourself. Well, first off, thank you. I I appreciate that. That that means a lot coming from uh, from an organization that I you know did did spend some time with and really hold in a in a high regard. Um, yeah, Remax Field, Telus Field, John D.C. Park, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up going to going to Trappers games with my dad, and um, I remember going to some of the Capitals games during their playoff run, and just being able to play on a field that I had, you know, once watched professional, even if it was independent professional baseball, on was uh, was a real cool step for for a guy whose dream was kind of just to go play college ball somewhere. Um, I've as for memories, you know, doing, doing the prospects kids camps through the summers, uh, just getting to, I really enjoy coaching. And so being able to give back to, uh, to the community that helped me when I was younger was, was a real cool feeling. Um, some of the bus trips with some of the guys on the team, some of the guys like Tony Olson, Nick Spillman, Noah Gap, prospect lifers who were just they were they were really good for me to you know kind of help me mature as I was as I was getting older and teaching me you know some rights and wrongs and just uh they they took good care of me the prospects and some of the guys on the team I'm really glad you brought up um working some camps uh with some kids because you know when you're a kid um you 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 don't really know the difference of uh, whether the guy plays in uh, major league baseball or the, the collegiate league. I mean, you look up to these guys as baseball players and when they give their time, it kind of pays it forward so that you, somebody probably worked with you at some point as a, you know, or you, you had an, or had an impact on you, Eric, as a baseball player, then you have that impact on that kid. And maybe that kid in four or five years is playing for the prospects too. And it's that cycle of, of paying it forward that I don't know if you get, if you had independent baseball, I mean, it, you, you, the, the, the players for the prospects in the WCBL, are still young kids in comparison. So I really think that's an important, and, and I bet you that helped you as well and, and taught you a few things about yourself too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a little more personal with the, with the college league, right? You know, yeah. they're not, they're not treating it like their job as such. And, you know, when you're, when you're playing independent baseball, there's your goal is always to get to the next step. And sometimes that can, you know, cloud your, uh, your idea of where you're at or, you know, you can see playing an independent baseball in a dark light, but when you're, yeah, when you're playing for the prospects and in, in the college league, I think it's, you know, you're there, you know, you're there for that summer and you're there to have not only fun, but you're there to develop, to, to develop your skills for when you go back to college in the fall. And I think that's, that's a good recipe for good fan interaction and, and a really good summer. Yeah, and it's a great ballpark. Uh, the atmosphere can be so much fun. And 
Um, you know, the, the baseball is, is really good. I mean, look, you, you played in this league. Uh, now you're uh, trying to go on a, a Major League Baseball career a, at some point. I mean, the baseball is so much better than I think people realize at that level, especially if you can ever get down low and see the ball movement and things like that. Uh, I think people would be real, are, are pleasantly surprised when they come away from a baseball game. Yeah, I I think the baseball is awesome, and it's uh, it definitely is a lot more fun to play in front of you know seven thousand fans on Canada Day, which is which is something I'll never forget. I got to pitch both years I played. I got to pitch in the Canada Day game, and uh, some of my fondest memories of just standing on the mound, and you know you you look up for a second, you realize that those stands are full, and all the eyes on you are on you, and you get nerve. I would get nervous for a second, but you know, then it would be kind of uh, a good adrenaline rush. Like, yeah, these these people are here to watch me. So I, that that was a little boost of confidence as well. Uh, so you played college in the states. Uh, you're obviously uh, with an organization uh, that's in uh, Southern California. What's the thing people ask you the most about being Canadian? Is it about hockey or is it about snow? Like, like what do your American teammates want to talk about or ask you about being Canadian? Well, um, the first question. Uh, sorry, it's getting a little loud here for a second. Someone's pushing a cart by. Um, the first question I ever got when I got down to, uh, junior college in Texas, my first junior college was, uh, what kind of money do Canadians use? Do they use euros or what? Um, so that, that was, that was my introduction to, 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 uh, baseball in America. Um, but after that it was, uh, yeah, kind of hockey. The kids that would know a little bit about hockey would kind of ask me about it and then just kind of, you know. The, the stereotypical stuff with the cold, like how do you guys survive for the 12 months that you <laughs> should probably be inside yeah, and, yeah. and uh, what's, what's shoveling your driveway four times in the afternoon like and stuff like that. Uh, they would have loved it when you said, uh, we have a loony and we have a toonie. That is our currency. No, I, I, I had to wait a week to loony one week and then two <laughs> weeks later was the toonie and then then i showed him her Candyland money a month lady a month later yeah. so he, he definitely got his mind blown that's awesome uh so so what's up for you in the next couple of days eric you said uh today you you uh or yesterday you had thrown a bullpen and you had a chance to talk to some some people in the organization kind of do a debrief meeting on how things are going uh, what what do you have coming up here in the next couple of days as, as for your schedule? Uh, so I'm on a two two bullpen a week schedule Tuesday Friday. Um, today being Wednesday, the day after pen, I just I threw pretty light today, um, 60, 75 feet, just kind of getting arm rotating, um, not really going for feel or anything, trying to work out a little bit of soreness. Got a good recovery run in. That's when I tend to run longer distance the day after Penn. Uh, tomorrow, I'll probably push it to, you know, 150, 180 feet. Um, kind of work on some field tomorrow, field ball in front of me. Um, and when I bring it in, make some, some off-speed pitches, change up sliders. And then uh, kind of do, go through a mobility circuit that they have us do the day before Penn. 
just kind of you know work on some movements with our with our joints, especially the hips and our shoulders, and make sure we're feeling right for Friday. And then uh, Friday will be will uh, will be my bullpen. We're uh, kind of let it eat in long toss yeah. before throwing. Like to stretch it out and then uh, bring it in. And I believe on Friday I have thirty five pitches, thirty thirty ish fastballs, five ish changeups, kind of whatever's feeling better that day. And because I'm still on a number limit for my bullpen for the next two weeks, It'll be thirty five Friday and forty on uh, Tuesday next week and forty five the next the next pitch or the next bullpen session. So. Um, still kind of at their mercy for how I throw my bullpen, but uh, ultimately it's up to me to execute, execute and, you know, throw pitchers in good spots. For sure. Um, lastly, uh, just being a part of this organization right now, I mean, there's some really uh, high end uh, top young talent, you know, already on the team and, and coming, I guess, what's it like to be a part of this organization that, uh, you know, has had some pretty legendary players and seems to be on the rise again. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to be surrounded by, you know, some of those, some of the, the major leaguers that we have, like um, I've gotten to, you know, shake Machado's hand. I know that's not much, but just, you know, you see those guys on TV, you see those guys in the world series and then, you know, you're standing face to face with him. Um, my first fall here actually, uh, Tatis was in rehab with me. He'd broken his hand, so uh, we were, you know, in the same training room every day for for three months. So I got to know him pretty well, and he's he's incredible to watch on a baseball field. He he makes plays that you think no one has a chance to ever make, and you know he'll make it almost look routine. So I think um, I think this organization is definitely on on the ups right now they're they're trending in the right direction and they got some pieces at the uh the pitching rotation that i think can can help them this year great stuff eric thanks so much for joining us on the show um best of luck uh this year uh, all of uh, the uh, edmonton st albert area is behind you and uh, we hope to be following along with your successful career down the road yeah i really appreciate you coming on eric i, I know you, you have lots of things going on and it's a busy busy go down there so thanks so much for carving out a little bit of time to join us on the show yeah no problem thanks for having me guys it was, it was fun and uh, Dino's right, man. We're all pulling for you. We're happy for you. Proud of you. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Let's get back to the action. This is the Prospects Baseball Show. That was a pretty cool conversation with uh, a guy that, uh, you know, Edmonton St. Albert should certainly be proud of. And, how about that? Hanging out with uh, Tatis Jr. for uh, just, you, just a few months yeah, rehabbing with one of the best players in Major League yeah. Baseball. Fernando you know, Tatis Jr. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. So uh, big thanks to Eric for giving us some time. Uh, and uh, we'll be uh, cheering him on from afar. And, of course, we want to re- reiterate that if you want to get into our Fantasy Baseball League this year, hit us up on Twitter at EDM Prospects or at Prospects Pod. And we can get you in the mix. Uh, we can give you the details. We're looking for three more players. The draft will be March 22nd. Thanks a lot, man. This has been good. Uh, we missed a week, so I'm glad to get back at it. 
We have baseball to watch uh, now. We're ninety under 90 days from your season. So it really is starting to feel like spring is just around the corner. Spring is in the air. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for uh, Eric Sabrowski for joining us on the yep. program and for, of course, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps us to uh, make the necessary changes to make this show a whole lot better. And if you'd like to advertise with us, please email me at prospectsbaseballshow at gmail.com. You know, there's only one thing left to do. Bring it. Ban the shift. <laughs> it's gone. It's a grand slam. And that's the ball game.